Hey guys, welcome back. This is episode six. In this episode, we are going to be talking about all things sponsor units, otherwise known as sponsor apartments, sponsor sales. This is a topic that I get constant questions about. Definitely, definitely something that I know everyone is always looking to understand. So stay tuned, this is gonna be a really good episode. To my real estate investing series in this episode we are going to be talking about all things sponsor units this is a unique type of property that requires slight differences to the purchase process than a regular resale so we are covering everything here so firstly what is a sponsor unit what is a sponsor apartment what's a sponsor sale this is an apartment that is being sold directly from a building developer or a building owner it's different than a regular what we call resale because in a standard resale the owner is an individual unit owner that owner probably only owns one apartment in that building conversely with a sponsor unit you are dealing with the owner of the entire building or the developer of the entire building when I say developer that mostly applies to new development projects. a sponsor unit can be in a brand new ground up development project which means that the building wasn't there before this apartment came on the market and that's what you're ultimately purchasing a brand new apartment in a brand new building there are also sponsor units that are in older buildings. maybe it's a top to bottom renovation other times a sponsor unit could really be in an older building that didn't have anything special happen to it recently but the sponsor who's the owner of the building was holding on to some of the apartments for whatever reason and now that sponsor is ready to sell the apartment so maybe they were renting it out or maybe a building goes from a rental building to a condo building and now all of those units are to be sold at once so there are all different reasons why a sponsor would be selling an apartment but ultimately what you really need to know is that you're buying an apartment from a business essentially you're buying from an entity versus purchasing from an individual person who you might get to know on a personal level that's really the difference the purchase process for a sponsor unit is very similar to the standard resale purchase process which I covered in episode 5 so if you haven't seen episode 5 yet which is the episode right before this one you might want to go back and check that out and then come back here because in this video I'm really focusing on the differences in the purchase process specifically for a sponsor unit so we're covering that as well as some of the typical watchouts and things you need to know when looking at sponsor apartments let's talk a little bit about the pros and cons of sponsor apartments so to start with the pros oftentimes like I mentioned before a sponsor apartment is usually newly renovated whether the building is old or new whether it's a ground-up brand new building or a building that's been in existence for a while usually when a sponsor is ready to sell the apartment they go ahead and they renovate it before offering it for sale so very very often you're looking at an apartment that has been newly renovated of course the quality of renovation is going to differ from building to building you might be looking at a luxury brand new development or a luxury renovation that has premium finishes or you might be looking at a more basic building that just did the bare bones to consider it new and refreshed and ready for sale if you're looking at a brand new development that is still under construction a pro for the sponsor unit is that sometimes there is 
actually an opportunity to do customization on the unit. So sometimes the developer might be offering a choice for you. Maybe there's two different color schemes that you can choose from. Sometimes if you want a closet added or maybe a specific type of closet build out in one of the rooms, you can sometimes ask for a customization like that to be done. If the apartments are still very early in the stage of construction, that would allow for that to be done. And if the developer feels like there is room in the timeline and with their resources to be able to accommodate you. Another pro of the new developments and sponsor sales is that there is no board approval needed. This is major for a lot of people. For sponsor sales, your financials are not going to be completely nitpicked. You are not going to have to go before a board if it's a co-op. You really do provide your basic information and you get your approval to purchase as long as you are financially approved, whether you're getting a mortgage, as long as you have your approval for your mortgage, or if you're paying in cash that you can cover the funds, you've got it if it's a sponsor apartment. That's something that really makes the sponsor sale unique. It's a very significant plus and it really takes a lot of pain out of the purchase process. As for cons of sponsor units. So it's not all rosy, right? Because nothing can ever just be rosy. There's also cons to sponsor units, of course. What was mentioned before as a pro that the building might be brand new and shiny, that also could be a con because there is always the risk that something might not be working right with the new building and you're really not going to know until you're living in it. That is just a truth of the matter. It's kind of like when the new iPhone comes out, it's awesome and it's shiny and you wanna buy it and you do buy it, but then of course there's always like an update that comes out. It's definitely rare for there to be a significant issue in the building, but it happens, so I wanna mention it here. Especially because it's rare, it's really not something to worry about too much, especially if the developer is reputable for the quality of their construction. On that similar note, a new construction building does not have a reserve fund built up yet. So if there are issues like that, it is common that you would have an assessment put in place because there is not a reserve fund to cover a repair like that. Another thing to keep in mind with sponsor units, specifically when they are new developments, is that if you are on a strict timeline, then this is not the purchase for you. A brand new development, especially a ground up building that is under construction, is of course subject to delays. Things can come up at any time. I mean, this is a perfect example. COVID right now has a lot of construction on hold and now that things have been moving again, things are still significantly delayed. I do have a couple of deals going on right now in new development buildings where our closing date got pushed from March to actually TBD right now. So it is something that you definitely want to keep in mind. If you do have timing that is important to you that you must meet, you don't really want to leave yourself up to a developer to finish the project on time if it is really important to you to finish by a specific date. It depends also. So earlier on in the project, you may have less visibility into the completion date than later in the project. There are plenty of buildings that are very far along that are still brand new, that are maybe closings have already commenced, and then there is no issue at all with timing. But if you're looking at a building that's still under construction, that is in the early phases, definitely note that anything can happen. It is not rare for a new construction to have a delay of some kind, whether it's a month, a couple of weeks, a couple of months, etc. That is something that does happen.
A big part of whether you're going to experience a delay in your closing is due to the fact that a brand new building has to apply for a certificate of occupancy in order to allow residents to live there. So a building will not commence closings until they have a certificate of occupancy, which requires construction to be completed and inspectors to come in, make sure that the building was constructed up to code and that it exactly matches the plans that were put forward when they got the permits to do the work. That certificate of occupancy has to be applied for and take some time to come through. As with any other government document, as you can imagine, there is a waiting period to receive it. So usually from your contract signing date, there is a bit of a wait if the building is still waiting for the certificate of occupancy in order to be able to proceed with closing. For that reason, a contract for a new development that is still waiting on their certificate of occupancy will often have a clause called the outside closing date, which ultimately allows the sponsor to push closing if necessary for usually up to a year. That really is keeping you in the contract for an extended period of time without giving you a way out. As long as the other components of the contract are met, you will have to agree to that clause in a new development contract. So that is something to note. Of course, we always hope for best case scenario and very, very often we do get the best case scenario, which is that everything goes according to plan, but it's something you want to keep in mind if you're looking at new developments. And of course, the reputability of the developer is important given the things I just mentioned. You do want to make sure that the developer is known for their quality of craftsmanship and that the developer has a good track record of meeting deadlines. This is information that your buyer's agent can easily give to you. Your agent should have knowledge of this and they will be able to steer you towards new developments that are being done by reputable developers because that would prevent a lot of these issues. Negotiation on a sponsor unit is also different than negotiation on a standard resale where you're dealing with an individual owner. Sponsors are definitely very savvy when it comes to negotiating. They've done it hundreds of times and they don't have the typical motivations for selling that, for example, an individual unit owner would. If you're looking at a typical resale that is just a regular ordinary person that just has this one apartment that they're looking to sell. Maybe they have reasons for selling. Maybe they're at retirement age and they are looking to offload this property and ultimately move to Florida where they can move into the next phase of their life. And they're looking forward to that. They may end up being more negotiable because they have a reason that they're looking to sell. They want to get out. Conversely, when you're dealing with a sponsor, this is someone who sells these apartments for a living. So they're more focused on their bottom line than anything else. They've learned over the course of doing their job to completely remove their emotions from the transaction and therefore they are very strict negotiators. It definitely is more difficult to get a sponsor to agree to certain contingencies that you might want in the contract or certain accommodations than it would be to get a typical individual seller to align on. But everything's of course possible. There are higher closing costs when you're closing on a sponsor or apartment usually. The standard practice in New York is that a buyer who's purchasing a sponsor unit will have to pay the closing costs of the sponsor. So in addition to your own closing costs, you are also expected to pay the New York City and New York State transfer taxes on the apartment, which equal about 1.825% of the purchase price. Those are typically incurred by the seller in a normal transaction, but since this is a sponsor transaction, that cost is put onto the buyer. Additionally, the buyer is expected to pay the attorney fee for the seller, which can go up to around a few thousand dollars, as well as some nominal recording fees. These are things that I'm going to get to later in the video about 
about points of negotiation, but it's something to know that is expected of a buyer in a sponsor sale. With any brand new project, there's always an element of risk, right? And given your knowledge of how risk averse banks are that I've gone through in previous episodes, as you could imagine, when looking at a new development specifically, banks are going to be looking very closely at this project. Banks often have something called a pre-sale requirement, which means that if a building is new and it's not occupied yet, the bank wants to see that the building is a certain percentage sold, whether it be in contract or closed units, before the bank is going to be comfortable lending in that building, essentially granting you a mortgage in that building. So in a new building that is just starting off in its sales, they are going to have a couple of lender who already have the building approved. You can easily get a mortgage with these lenders that already are aware of the project and already have it approved in their system. In the beginning of a building selling off, those are the only lenders that you're going to get to do a loan in the building. So that's something that you just want to keep in mind. Once the building gets to that percentage point, usually it's like 40 or 50% being sold off, then all of the main banks are going to be perfectly comfortable granting a loan in the building. So if you are coming in to purchase within the building, after after it's already halfway sold off, you're not going to experience that issue and your lender will be just fine lending there. And of course, at any time, whether it's the beginning or the end of the building selling off, you can always pay in cash. No one's ever going to tell you no to that. That pretty much wraps up the pros and the cons of sponsor units at a high level. The details that I'm covering in the rest of this video are going to speak to the above items that I just mentioned. And the information that you'll get out of this video will give you more ease, especially with relation to the cons that I did mention. And ultimately just know that a sponsor unit does make an excellent investment. You just want to make sure that you're looking at the right one. In fact, when I purchased my first apartment in the city, I did purchase a sponsor unit and I absolutely love it. And it was a very easy purchase process. I'm very much in favor of looking at new developments and looking at sponsor units. You just really want to know exactly how to negotiate with them and you also really want to know things to look out for. Okay, so we are ready to talk about the typical purchase process for a sponsor unit. Right from the beginning, the way that you view the apartment might be different than the way you would view a regular apartment. If the building is a brand new ground up construction that's still under construction and the actual apartments aren't complete yet, the developer will set up an offsite sales office where you can go in and get a feel for what the building is going to look like. They'll be able to show you all of the floor plans. They'll be able to show you the finishes. They often have a model apartment set up so you can go in and walk through an apartment and really feel like you are in the exact apartment that you are ultimately looking to buy. All of the finishes will be accurate to what they plan to put in the building itself. The floors will be accurate. The countertops, the backsplashes, everything that they can get to be specifically unique to the building, they will do in the model apartment. They will be able to show you mock-ups of what the common areas look like. They'll be able to show you pictures of what your view is going to look like outside of the windows based on which units you're looking at. So you really do get a good feel for what the experience is going to be in the real thing from the model sales office. Most people do really feel comfortable after seeing the sales office making an offer and proceeding with the transaction and committing to purchase just based off of what they're seeing in the sales office. Once you decide on the unit that you like, you will proceed to the offer and negotiation phase, which is very similar to the offer and negotiation phase in a regular resale. It usually takes a few days to a few weeks to come to a meeting of the minds. With sponsor units, 
minutes, it can take a little bit on the longer side because again, you're dealing with a sponsor, you're negotiating with an entity who often is less personable. They might not be as immediately responsive as a typical individual unit owner would be. So really patience is key here for this phase. And of course, strategic negotiation is extremely important. I'm gonna tell you about how to negotiate on sponsor units. This is very different than how you would negotiate on a regular resale. There are a lot of things that you would wanna keep in mind that usually are not even on the table in a regular resale purchase. When you're looking at a regular resale purchase and looking to negotiate, you're usually looking to make a connection with the unit owner. You're looking to find out what their individual needs are, why they're looking to move. A smart negotiator is going to speak to those needs when it comes to the type of offer you're looking to put forward and the things you're looking to offer that seller. It's different, of course, with the sponsor unit when you're dealing with negotiating with an entity. You really need to look at the developer as a business owner who is looking to sell these apartments for the highest possible price. And I know that every apartment is always looking to sell for the highest possible price, but this person is doing it for their career. This person takes great pride in showing that they sold out their building at full asking price, every single unit. Just how you might look towards a certain job title or a certain accomplishment or award that you might receive in your career and just as important as that is to you, that is how this developer feels at selling out a building at full asking price. That is a huge accomplishment in that industry. Additionally, the developer employs a real estate company to market the property and sell the properties off and they have the same goal. Their success is measured by how many deals they were able to get into contracts at full asking price. So this is really what you're stacked up against when you're looking to negotiate on a sponsor unit. A lot of developers also have some money that they have as buffer room to hold on to a unit and let it sit on the market until a buyer comes through willing to offer their full asking price. It's not always a desperate situation where they're looking to sell as soon as possible. Another thing to remember is that if they discount a unit for you, that is a precedent that has been set for every apartment that follows. Once people can see that an apartment went for below asking price, they're going to expect the same thing for their deal and it's going to be more difficult for that developer to hold their own and make sure that they're not devaluing their building. It's just another reason why it's more difficult to negotiate on these. It's all the more reason why you really need to arm yourself with the information to know how to negotiate these types of units and ultimately work with someone who's going to be able to properly fight for you as well. And of course with any sponsor sales, some units are always going to be more negotiable than others. Certain buildings and certain projects are going to have very different situations as does any seller. So some developers actually need to sell quickly. They have too much inventory and they don't have the money to carry for much longer. Never look at anything with blanket expectations. Every single property that you look at is different. When you're negotiating on a sponsor sale, look at days on the market. If a unit in a building has been sitting on the market for a substantially long amount of time, you might have more negotiation leverage than a unit that's brand to market. I say might because the odds are in your favor, but I actually am in the middle of a negotiation right now where we've had an offer on the table for months. The apartment's still available. It's been on the market for a while and, and the sponsor hasn't budged yet. So just because it's been available for a while doesn't mean that they're more negotiable, but the odds are that they are. 
Of course, your buyer's agent is able to clue you into which units are going to be negotiable and which ones aren't, and they'll help you get through that process. But really, if you really want to know if the sponsor is negotiable, and if you really want to know what price you can get the unit for, your best bet is to just place that initial offer and get the conversation going. Sponsors are not going to have hypothetical situations with people whose financials they haven't seen and they don't even know if you're qualified. You haven't even placed an offer yet. You're kind of like, honestly, in the industry, they call it like kicking rocks. You're not serious. You don't know if you even want to place an offer yet. They're not going to take the time to let you find out if they're negotiable or not. Really, you have to take the first step, place that offer, and then you'll be surprised at how much information you learn immediately thereafter. Your goal as the buyer and the goal that your buyer's agent is going to have for you is to get the biggest possible discount that you can on the property while appealing to the developer's desire to be able to record the highest possible purchase price for the unit. Given what I mentioned a little bit earlier about pre-sale requirements with banks if you do catch a new development building in that early phase where they do have a limited number of banks that are willing to lend in the building you do often have a little bit more negotiation leverage there because the building is looking to get to the 50% sold mark in order for other lenders to be able to approve the building which would ultimately bring much more buyers to them they almost need you more than you need them at that point the way to succeed in negotiation on a sponsor unit is you want to negotiate on as many things as you can that are not the purchase price. So here are examples of things that you would want to negotiate on. I will always still put an initial offer forward that has some money shaved off of the purchase price. I just think it's stupid not to. Although as a buyer, you do want to be prepared to hear that you will need to possibly come up in that price. Always have your expectations set properly, but of course, always try to get the discount. Things that will negotiate are closing costs. So as I mentioned earlier in the video, when purchasing a sponsor apartment, something that we always will attempt to negotiate is having the sponsor pay the New York City and New York State transfer tax, which as I mentioned earlier, is something that the buyer is expected to pay in a sponsor sale. You do want to negotiate to have the sponsor pay those taxes. Additionally, like I mentioned earlier, the sponsor's attorney fee, as well as some miscellaneous recording fees are also assumed by the buyer in a sponsor sale. These are things that we try to have the sponsor pay for when we are negotiating on a sponsor unit. To put these costs into perspective for you, the sum total of the items that I just mentioned on an apartment that costs a million dollars is going to be about $30,000 worth of savings for you. That's a huge discount right there that you're able to save before you even need to tap into the asking price. Another idea is you can negotiate to have the sponsor cover a certain period of time of common charges for you, for example, or property taxes. So let's say that you are common charges for this apartment are $500 a month. At that rate, an entire year of common charges would cost you about $6,000, which is also an amazing savings. And if you do successfully get a credit like that from the sponsor, it's given to you in one lump sum at closing. So that is actually something great for you to use for negotiation because the developer is still able to show that they sold for full price, but you also did get money back as well. You can offer to put more than 10% down in contract signing or ultimately more than 20% down in cash at closing. Committing to things like this really do show that you are more serious than competing buyers and it will get the attention of the sponsor to negotiate with you. Again, it puts you at an advantage, but it doesn't require any more money 
at the end of the day. It's just more maybe out of pocket now versus later. Of course, you might not put all of these options down on the table right in the beginning, but they are things to keep in mind as you go. And especially if you're working with a buyer's agent that's good, they're going to know when to bring out different ideas and how much leeway to give and take at each stage of the negotiation to be the most successful. When your buyer's agent submits the offer on your behalf, they're gonna also be providing detailed comparables to justify the reductions in price that you're asking for. When it comes to negotiating, if a unit is priced amazingly and you're like, wow, this is such an amazing steal, you wanna be careful about asking for too much. You really do wanna be rational and consider what the market value is and then what really is a fair discount from there. A sponsor is not stupid. They're not just gonna to agree to things just because you want them. You do need to justify it, which is what your buyer's agent is gonna do. They're gonna justify with comparables and show what you're asking for is completely justifiable. When you do show that what you're asking for is coming from an educated place, you do have a much better chance of getting it. Something that I do for my clients when I'm representing them on the buy side is I really vouch for that buyer. I make it very, very clear when I submit an offer that this is the absolute best candidate to be negotiating with and to be engaging with. I communicate how qualified the buyer is. I communicate how serious the buyer is. A lot of people think purchasing an apartment is almost like being in a car dealership where you have to act very aloof and you have to kind of like walk out and have the salesman run after you in order to finally get your deal. But in the apartment purchase process, especially in a competitive environment in New York City, you don't want to come across as that aloof buyer that just might walk away at any minute. That is going to have you immediately lose the deal. You have a lot of people with pride that you're dealing with and they are not going to have patience for that type of behavior in all honesty. You really do want to show that you're genuine, especially if the buyer has agreed to hire an attorney or a mortgage lender that I recommended to them that I know that is not going to be unnecessarily problematic, creating issues for us that don't need to be there. I do communicate that to the seller side and I let them know I've closed a dozen deals and this attorney worked on them or this lender worked on them. This is a well-oiled machine. You have here a team with excellent communication that knows what they're doing. We know what to look for. We know what's worth putting a deal in jeopardy for and we know what's not worth it. And that is immensely valuable to a sponsor who really is looking to know that their buyer is not gonna flake before the contract signing or walk away and become unresponsive. That's immensely valuable to the sponsor to know. And finally, you can inquire about things like a purchase schema, which you might not be familiar with, but your buyer's agent and your attorney can explain to you in greater detail, but it allows for you to save some costs on the mortgage reporting tax if it's applicable and if the pieces of the puzzle fit the right way to have it apply to you, then it's a great way to save more money. Once you and the sponsor have a meeting of the minds, your attorney now receives the contract and starts the review process for you. Just the same as in the resale, they're going to be reviewing building documents and they're going to be reviewing the contract to make sure that you are protected. You do want to make sure that you're working with an attorney that has experience reviewing New York City new developments, if it is a new development, as well as sponsor units in general, because they are different. There are things to look out for that are not present in a regular resale. Also, as much as your agent and your attorney are going to fight for your best interest, be prepared to not be met with all that much flexibility on the side of the sponsor when it comes to negotiating 
negotiating a contract. Most of these contracts are pretty standard. There is language in them that is unique to the sponsor sale and usually that language is non-negotiable. Though we do request all the protections possible for you, there are often things that you will get pushback on. For example, it's difficult to get contingencies put into contracts for sponsor sales. The sponsor's looking for a guaranteed sale. They're looking for a contract that is not going to have any ways out for you. A lot of sponsor sales will be hesitant to even give you a mortgage contingency. However, that said, we still always put forward the request for them and we do the absolute best job as possible with getting it for the buyer. Another example of how sponsor sale contracts tend to be on the stricter side is that timing is usually very strict, especially with new developments. Once they get the okay that they have their certificate of occupancy and that they can commence with closings in the building, you are given a 30 day notice period. So as soon as they're able to start closings, they want you closed. That is usually non-negotiable. Sometimes we will push for just a little bit extra time just in case we need buffer room for anything, but timing is something that's usually pretty strict on these. Again, remember that this is an entity that you are dealing with. This is a business person. This is not a seller who's grown to like you and your individual story over the course of your dialogue. While the contract is being reviewed by the attorney, I always recommend getting an inspection on a sponsor unit, whether it is a new ground up renovation or it's in an older building, whenever you're working on a sponsor sale, you do want to have an inspection done. Likely the owner of this unit hasn't been living in this unit. So for all we know, the sponsor may not even know if there's an issue in that unit, especially if it's a new ground up project, like I mentioned earlier, you really never know what issues could be lurking behind the walls. It is always a nice peace of mind thing to just spring for the inspection. The inspector will check for things like more moisture behind the walls, for example, so that you kind of have a heads up if there's been a leak. They check the quality of the flooring, they'll check the roof and the important mechanicals, they'll check the building systems like the AC and the heating to make sure that works. It's always good to have another set of eyes on a brand new building or a sponsor unit. The sponsor is likely never going to agree to an inspection contingency in the contract, which means that if something comes up in the inspection, you can get out of that contract. That is extremely rare for that to be worked into your contract if it's a sponsor unit. So you do want to make sure that you're having this inspection done in a timely fashion during the time that your attorney is reviewing the contract so that you're not creating any delays and that you have it done before you need to sign for the apartment because once you sign for the apartment you're committed to pursue that purchase so once that's done and the contract is in condition for you to sign you're gonna go ahead and sign it same process as in the resale you'll sign it you'll put your down payment it'll get sent to the seller they will countersign and you have a fully executed contract in place for brand new buildings, as I mentioned, sometimes there is a waiting period between contract signing and when closings can commence. And other times, of course, if the building construction is already underway, there might not be a waiting period at all. It depends on the building. When construction is far enough along, you will be notified that you are able to see your unit in person. This is an exciting day. Be ready to show up in flat rubber soled shoes and you'll be outfitted with a hard hat when you enter the building because the building is still an active construction site at this point you go in and you get to see your apartment for the first time it's super exciting and it's always also a relief when you finally are able to see the apartment you feel it you could touch it you could see it's the real thing you can see that it matches what you were expecting from the sales office models at that point you are prompted to schedule one of your two walkthroughs 
that you get for the unit. So in a typical resale, you get one final walkthrough right before closing. In a sponsor sale for a new construction, you get two walkthroughs prior to closing. You get a punch list walkthrough, which is the first walkthrough, and then you get your final walkthrough, which is right before closing. During the punch list walkthrough, this is your first opportunity to really see the apartment and note any issues that might be in place. It's not rare for there to be little issues with the construction that was done when it's brand new. So you may notice maybe a scratch in the wall from the construction guys moving back and forth or a scratch on the floor, or literally anything that you could possibly look for, you're gonna look for in this punch list walkthrough. And you are accompanied by a building representative at that stage who is recording every single thing that you see needs to be fixed. Your buyer's agent is also keeping an extremely detailed log of all these issues. The expectation is that these issues are going to be addressed before closing. The sponsor is then informed of any issues that were found during the punch list walkthrough. And finally, we are able to get to the final step of the process, which is your final walkthrough and closing. Once the building gets their certificate of occupancy and closings commence, you are able to schedule your closing date. And of course, right before your closing, you are gonna wanna do the final walkthrough where you will go into the apartment for the final time before closing and check the unit to make sure that all of the punch list walkthrough items have been addressed. Your buyer's agent is going to have that extremely detailed list of every single issue that you had brought up prior and we're gonna be checking one by one to make sure that the issues were addressed. Definitely make sure that you're being really thorough in the final walkthrough and ultimately if there are still any issues coming out of the final walkthrough prior to closing, you will raise those concerns to the developer or the sponsor and they will figure out between your attorney and the sponsor attorney how that issue is going to be rectified and finally you are at the closing table the closing meeting for a sponsor unit is very similar for the buyer at least as a regular standard resale I went through that in episode 5 so you don't really have to worry about that of course the paperwork may be a little bit different for the attorneys but it really doesn't affect you you get your keys to the apartment you usually get like a welcome packet of some kind especially when it's a new development and they want to make a really nice first impression you'll be greeted by management who can help you with an onboarding process and you are good to go the unit is yours and it is so beautiful and so special and it's an amazing day and that wraps it up that wraps up the purchase process and all the things you need to know about a sponsor unit I really really hope that this video was helpful for you and that you really enjoyed watching it I would love to hear your experience and your feedback on these videos so please leave me a comment and let me know your thoughts if you would like to stay up to date on upcoming videos please subscribe to this channel and please also follow me on Instagram. Instagram is the best way for us to message back and forth, keep in touch with each other, get to know each other better. I share a lot of different real estate and market and work updates as well as personal updates, things that are going on in my everyday life. I feel like you'll get to know me more as like a human being aside from just these videos where I'm sitting on my couch. So please definitely also follow me there. I also keep you up to date on what the next episode is going to be and when it's going to be posted and when you can access it. And I link directly to it. So it's very, very easy for you. And of course, if you would like for me to represent you in your purchase, I am here for you. I'm never too busy for new clients. So please never hesitate to reach out to me. You can email me at any time. My email address is christina.kremitas at element.com. 
I am fully available to you guys. Happy to answer any questions that you have. It's also been so cool to see how many of you have already reached out to me with questions about your purchase or asking for some cool investment units that I can send you for you to take a look at and even to represent you as your agent. I am here for you, of course, despite the crazy, scary world we are currently experiencing. It is amazing to see. There are so many people here who are watching these videos, who are like-minded, who are looking to set themselves up for success in the future by purchasing real estate now. I love you guys so much. I really hope that this series has been helpful to you so far. Thank you so much for being here. I will see you guys next week on episode seven.